I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. As you do more, the anxiety starts to fall away. Right. So that is... I mean, that's a reason to become successful more than like all the hollow branding or all the attention. It's that you feel more content. Hi, it's Rachel Bella. And this is Suzanne Mushin, and you're listening to the Big Payoff Podcast. So today we have a really special treat for you because we did an interview with Jen Romolini, who is the author of a book that could not be more right for this podcast called Weird in a World That's Not, Misfits, Fuck-Ups, and Failures. And she's also the chief creative it's a author. career guide for misfits, fuck-ups, and failures, right? Exactly. At this, which this show really isn't. That's the weird thing is that I think that we tend to think about our audience as people who are, you know, really in it and on this path and on a moving walkway. And sometimes we forget, Rachel, about the fact that there might be a lot of listeners on this show who either themselves go to work every day, not quite feeling like that woman. I don't think we forget that. That's what we talk about all the time is like you... This is not a fairy tale. Every day you feel other in some way. And I mean, this conversation, by the way, that I had alone. Do you want to tell us why I had it alone, Suzanne? Well, first, I feel like I kind of wasn't invited. There was this whole weird exchange where we were trying to set up the time so that I could be on Skype and you guys could be in New York. And every time I'd offer up a solution for a time that worked for me, you'd say no. Oh, are you feeling like a misfit, fuck up and failure? A teeny bit. Not really the fuck up so much, just a bit of a misfit. Aw. Aw. Um, no. Uh, yeah, you you couldn't make it. So I was alone in the studio having this wonderful conversation with her. And actually, it really was a wonderful conversation because she clarified just what it means to be weird in her mind. And she really brought up what we talk about all the time, which is when you don't feel like you're like everybody else, then what? How do you succeed? And she laid it out, man. It's all there. That's awesome. So, yeah. And did she talk? Take a listen. Did she also talk about Shondaland? 
Com. We also talked about Shondaland and Shonda Rhimes, and you know she's she hasn't even well she did just start, so she's just getting started, but it hasn't launched yet, and it's going to be bursting on the scene in a very big way. The Shonda, I, my prediction is that Shondaland.com is going to be part of the kind of public, especially female lexicon, the way Goop huh. and and others other lifestyle platforms. That's cool. Um, have been. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. So you talked to her about that, too? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a listen to the conversation that I'm sure could have been a teeny bit better had I been there as well. Mm-hmm. But if if you have to listen to just Rachel and somebody else, I guess the best person would probably be Jen. So let's take a listen to their interview. Hi. Welcome back. We're joined again by Jennifer Romolini author of the new book, Weird in a World That's Not, a career guide for misfits, fuck-ups, and failures. Now, on the book cover, it's that asterisk, but on this show, we get to say fuck-ups. And um, she's also the new chief content officer for Shondaland, which is a soon-to-be-launched um, le- lifestyle um, online platform for Shonda Rhimes and company. And uh, I can't wait to talk to her about that. And speaking of fuck-ups, Suzanne is not here today because I I don't know why. She had to get a mani-pedi or something, and she couldn't be here. Um, So it's just me and Jen today. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. Um, That sexy voice, she says she normally does have this voice. It's a little bit um, exaggerated now because she's been promo touring this book but um so jen you come to shondaland from zoe de chanel's lifestyle brand hello giggles yes. so online platforms are not new to you right no no and before that i was at um yahoo shine which was a enormous uh women's lifestyle platform 42 million readers so i've been doing it for a bit Great. And Shondaland has not launched yet, right? No, but we are launching a series of newsletters over the summer. Um, people can sign up at Shondaland.com. I did. So we're, thank you. So we're previewing the site over the summer. We'll be launching in September. Okay. That's awesome. And just to remind our listeners who've been maybe asleep for the last 10 years, Shonda Rhimes is the creator, uh, showrunner, creator, writer, producer, everything for Grey's Anatomy, for Scandal, and for actually a number of other, when you when you Google her, you'll see like a number of other movies and creative properties that you go, really? She was behind that? She's a best-selling author. And a best-selling she's, author, yeah. yeah. She's a titan. Okay, so let's talk about your book for a minute because I'm really fascinated by it. Um, what's weird? Let's talk about what that means when you say weird in a world that's not. It, it comes from your personal experience. But what do you mean by weird? Well, I mean um, people who are are highly sensitive, very emotional, um, socially or physically clumsy. Um, the kind of people who are just sort of wired differently than, than the norm. Um, and who, or maybe other people are also wired differently, but the, this certain group of people have a hard time hiding this difference, you know, and hiding their their self they feel very intense they've been told that they think too much oh my god so or just that they are too much yeah that they're too much intense intense um and you feel like almost too intense to live sometimes 
Um, so that, that's what I meant by weird and just like sort of, you know, misfit, offbeat, like very esoteric interests or you just come at things in a very unusual way. Um, and it takes you a long time to realize that that's actually a great thing, not a terrible thing. Is this a gender thing? Because all those adjectives are often associated with women or, or aimed at women who are not fitting in. I mean, I certainly think that there are men who are misfits um, and who are a lot of those things. I mean, I think men are not culturally sanctioned still to be highly emotive, to have, you know, so many feels. So I, I think that there are men who are that way. And there are two things. One, it's less acceptable for them to be that way. And the second thing is, is that um, they hide it better because men, um, I think, walk around with more confidence than women do, even when it's not earned. Right. They're socialized to do that. Yes. Or they are really like flushed out of the flushed out of school. That's right. Um, so were you always weird? Like, did you associate yourself as being weird? Yeah, I was always just, you know, really emotional, like, you know, moody, um, sensitive, you know, everything makes me cry. I'm a blusher. Um, mm. I have long limbs. I don't always know where they are in space. I'm a tripper. Um, I just, I, I just tend to be in the world in a way that I find very awkward. Still. Um, so you're still. just speaking in the past tense, but oh, is no, this no, still... no, 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 no. This is still happening. Um, I think that one of the things for me was I'm, I haven't fundamentally changed. And I'm still really successful, but our models for success don't really look like this. They're not really clumsy. They're not hyper-emotional. They're contained. Well, especially in the era of social media, you get a a picture of what, quote, normal looks like that is non-existent in my, I mean. I mean, it feels like a posture to me. Yeah. Um, But it also feels like people don't know that it's non-existent. Yeah. And they're striving for this thing that's not attainable. Yeah. Or they don't even try because they think I can never be like that. Yeah. So what advice, let's imagine, so you have a daughter, yes. Yes. And I, there's a wonderful um, piece you wrote for Lenny Letter about your daughter who seems to be following in the mold of your eccentricity and creative quirkiness. Yes. Um, and you, you sound a little ambivalent about it. Um, ambivalent about what? About the fact, first of all, that you know she's having a rough time in the world right. and that she will continue to have a rough time right. in the world and you wish that weren't the case for her. And yet you want to stand up for her right. quirkiness because it was a struggle for you. Well, <clears throat> a couple of things. I don't want to break her spirit. Right. I don't want her to think that she has to fit in. I don't want her to pretend or hide who she is. Those things are very, very important to me. But of course, you know, you're watching your kid be really awkward, not be like other kids. You know, she's trying to have conversations with other kids who are seven about the Titanic. It's not going over very well. (laughs) You know, she'll say, you know, I'm weird. And I'll say, and that's great. Yeah. It's awesome to be different. You think about things in a different way. A lot of those kids who you're talking to are making fun of you for being messy and, and, you know, having big crazy ideas, you know, crazy in quotes. I said, a lot of times those people are afraid to be who they are. Yeah. And I don't want you to be afraid to be who you are. Does she, do you ever talk to her about your own sense of at certain points 
feeling that way. Yes. So she can identify. Yes. Yeah. I mean, also, she's been watching me write this book and oh. the cover of this book. Like, she knows. And I'm almost concerned that she's over-identifying with weird. I mean, look, my my child has issues in the world, but she does not lack for confidence, which is fantastic, you know? Um, she's kind of a cheerleader for weird. So I hope I haven't overcorrected, but I'm, you know, it, it seems to be going well. She... She knows who she is, and she's comfortable with who she is, even if the world sometimes gives her a hard time. In your successful rise, and these are now big companies and very visible, and you're a public figure now. Right. Um, do you feel as if you've shaved some of the angles off your weirdness? Do you feel as if you're, you've had to temper that, or you're still exactly who you are I think in these that, contexts. I think that I've softened some of my harder edges. I think I had a chip on my shoulder for a long time, and I think I softened that, which helped me make my way in the world better. I think that um, I'm still very much fundamentally who I always have been, and um, I'm not as anxious. Yeah. What happens is you prove yourself to yourself, you get up and you speak in front of 5,000 people and you, you know, I was like in the bathroom throwing up before that, you know, not quite, but, you know, almost and got up. Oh, it was fine. I survived it. So you, you continue to prove that I'm not going to die in this situation. I can do it. I might actually enjoy it. Yeah. And as you do more, the anxiety starts to fall away. Right. So that is... I mean, that's a reason to become successful more than like all the hollow branding or all the attention. It's that you feel more content. Right. I mean, that's so true that a lot of anxiety comes from that subliminal bubble above your head that says, um, I'm not like others. I'm this not okay. Is, I'm not okay. And this is not going to work for me. Yeah. I'm the one who just simply will fail to launch. Totally. And I mean, look, I think that one of the things that I say in this book, um, which is kind of old fashioned, but I think that it has really transformed my life is I work really hard. I'm very competent. And that competence has been very calming. Oh, that's great. So that's really great. So I was about to ask you what messages you would want, say, your daughter and her peers in 10 years to take away from this book, the idea that just putting your head down and actually being competent at the work put in front of you, that's the the ground. Right. You can't just be weird. You have to be good. Yeah. And I think that's that has saved me time and again because, you know, maybe I have an awkward reaction to something. Maybe I say something in a meeting that's like, whoa, why did she say that? You know, but I'm really good at my job. So like any reality show, you should be like hard to kick off, like, or hard to kill you. Like you need to be hard to fire, you know, like, oh, that's awesome. And I really have worked hard on that. And that is something I really try to teach. So you know? what makes you hard to fire? Well, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I, I like to win. I'm really competitive. I mean, look, it took me a long time to admit that. And even as I'm saying that to and asserting that, like, I'm fucking great. Um, I'm good at what I do, and I worked really hard to get there, and I should be proud of that, right? What makes me hard to fire is I've learned this business. I continue to learn my business. I adapt. I 
put a lot of energy and thoughtfulness into it. The things that I'm not good at, I work extra hard on, you know, I wasn't good at being a manager for years. And I was like, I really have to get good at this or this ends now. That's so interesting that what we're what we're talking about is just two different dimensions of your work identity. One is how you are in the world, a sort of style. And the other is like just doing the fucking work. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we put too much because of the age we live in. We put too much emphasis on the brand and the following and the, you know, the idea of ourselves rather than the work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. So let's talk about Shondaland for a second. Let's just switch over. Switch it. Switch to your new incarnation. Well, first of all, when did you start there? Um, I started in March. I um, I had been, you know, writing a book at home, you know, sweatpants, just not fit for human consumption. And um, this is when you were working. For I was work- No, it's just at home. I took a year oh. off to write the book. Oh, I took a huge leap. I, you know, so I have this really challenging daughter who needs a lot of my time and attention. I have, um, I had this very intense job, and at Hello Giggles, and and then I got a book deal and I really wanted to do all three. I was like, I can do all three. I didn't want to let anything go. And I was hoarding the work. And I had, you know, a friend say to me, you don't get all three, at least not well, you get two. Mm. So I chose two. I quit my job at Hello Giggles and it was a job I really loved, but I had always wanted to write a book and I didn't want to half-ass it. So I took eight months off to write the book. And, um, and at the end of that eight months, yeah. in this like sort of like just puddle of a human state after like, you know, laying bare everything I am in this book, I get an email from Shonda Rhyme saying, hey, how did she know you? You know, I had a pretty good reputation in this world. Mm-hmm. And also I happen to be in L.A. where there aren't that many people do, who do what I do. Um, so she, I don't think she had to dig very far till she came up upon me. Like, I don't know what her search process was precisely. Um, but she found me and it was an email, an email. 
I thought it was from the DNC. I had no, I, I could not conceive of the idea that Shonda Rhimes was emailing me. Um, and you know, the subject line was it, it's Shonda Rhimes. And I was like, yeah, okay, uh-huh. Beyonce, like <laughs> Michelle Obama. Um, but it was, it was Shonda and she asked me to come in. I was really reluctant. I didn't want another content job. I was really burnt out of digital media and mm. the way it has been run in a lot of ways, content farms, clickbait, all of it. Yeah. And because I didn't really want the job, because I also was like really enjoying this like at home life, I was very chill in the interview, right? Yeah. And like we really hit it off. And we were very aligned on this new vision for digital media. Not new, but this more um, really highly curated, smaller, intimate, not publishing very many stories really being careful and thoughtful about it. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So if these new lifestyle brands, and I frankly hadn't really been aware of Hello Giggles. I don't know why, but maybe... Well, it was for 20-year-olds. I mean, it wasn't wasn't for me. I mean, you know what I mean? Okay. So, so, but of course, Goop is, you know, omnipresent. Um, And I'm, I'm kind of... At a certain point, you become saturated by the voice, yeah. the font, the look. The whole thing is like, yeah. I know what this is. Yeah. Although, to be honest, I always read. I right. always read the email from Goop. So we know what Goop is. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle writ large. Right. Right. So what is a Shonda Rhimes lifestyle? Well, I don't think that it is. So Shonda Rhimes, first off, is a writer mm-hmm. and she's a storyteller. Um, so that's a difference. I, that's I, I a don't, difference. I don't like any of these comparisons. I'm also getting a lot of comparisons to Lenny Letter. I mean, the reason I went to work for Shonda Rhimes is because I find her to be compelling and mighty and a woman of immense integrity and smart and creative and really interesting. I think she has a lot of power and she uses it in very interesting ways. You know, she's on the board of Planned Parenthood. She made the um, Hillary convention video. She's very principled. Um, our idea for this is not so much to showcase a lifestyle. Um, it's more to be in a life together. It, th- that's really nice because I, I was actually talking to our producer out there um, before you came on about the term lifestyle. And it's like, I don't actually want a lifestyle. I want a life. Yes. And it feels to me as if Shonda Rhimes could promise something much more substantive. I mean, that is the plan. I want to do, I mean, we both want to do, she's going to be contributing a lot to the site. If she's, and she's an amazing interviewer. She's, so we, I just have a lot, I have a lot going for me here. Like, honestly, I've done this before. This, this is a softball, you know, mm. um, because people are also very excited to work with her. So, I mean, right now I'm starting to define or identify the voices that are going to define the site. Mm. So I'm going after writers that I have an immense amount of respect for whose, you know, writing is beautiful and lyrical or painful or I want this to feel like something. There's also something, so that will be essays and storytelling and fiction and all of that. There's this second part of it that we are in a critical moment. 
in our in our life. However, your political leanings are. We are in a, a very critical moment for women, for minorities. Um, I think that a lot of people feel helpless, and I. It is a mission for me, and I think for Shonda, not to dwell in that helplessness, but help people show them the activism. Yeah, show them hope. Hope, hope. Just some mornings I wake up so exhausted by the, by my own disgust. It's like, let's get some hope and inspiration. What can we actually do? Yeah. How can, how can you have meaning? Yeah. Should you run for office? Yeah. Um, what activism is actually working now? And not just political. That's the thing. There are ways of asserting hope that aren't overtly political. Well, and also talking about relationships and yeah. love in your life and the things that really matter and also talking about TV you like and books that you love and books that are inspiring like it also is not all going to be so heavy like yeah. that's part of having a life too yes. right yes i'm not afraid to talk about you know it's not maria popova no exactly right? yes i'm not afraid exactly i'm not afraid to talk about like you know a stress purchase of the week right like <laughs> i love this fucking bag yes. a lot you know like <laughs> well, that's also so reality to see Shonda Rhimes' voice um, emanating, you know, how you right. draw it out and spread it out and and bring other, enlist others into the voice would be fascinating yes. because we know Shonda Rhimes through her products, I mean, through right. her productions, yes. but we don't actually know her actual point of view. Right. And right. that will be wonderful. I mean, I think we'll be extending... The brand. It won't be about the shows, but we will be extending the themes of the shows, mm. you know, which is lovely. If you think about these female characters, they're so strong. Yeah. They're funny. They're full women. They're insecure sometimes. They're flawed. And I think that's what this will be. That's just great, Jen. And I, I, I can't wait till it launches. I mean, I'm really excited and I did sign up and, and I think Suzanne did. I don't know. Speaking about easy to fire, yes. right now she's really easy to fire. <laughs> um, so, Jen, thank you for coming on. Oh, my God, it was my pleasure. Off. Thank you so much. And anybody can order this book on Amazon, obviously. It's weird in a world that's not. Jennifer Romolini, go get it. It's fantastic. I actually bought one for my younger daughter because she self-identifies as weird. <laughs> um, and uh, she's loving it, loving it. Excellent. Rach, you did a shockingly good job. Well, it was easy. Jen is really easy to talk to. It was a real conversation. She wanted to have it. She's into this. And, I mean, we were sitting there talking about what interested both of us more than anything. It was great. It was really fun. It it sounded like it. What I really loved was how she made this distinction between how you are and what you do. So that what I took away from that is she's not saying that if you are weird, if you feel other, if you feel like you don't quite fit in, 
that doesn't actually need to define your pathway. You don't always have to, you know, find jobs that are off the beaten track or be the weird person in the office. It it just made me feel like, you know what, if you're good at what you do, then just do you just be yeah. you doing that really great thing? Exactly. I, right. That's well, I think that was, was cool. maybe one of the more important she, things she said. It was like she has succeeded not because she's weird or despite the fact that she's weird. She has succeeded because she's good at what she does. Yeah. And that's the thing. Being off the center, being off road or different from other people. First, you have to come to terms with that so that it doesn't create like this static in your life and 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 become like an all-consuming obsession. Like, I'm not like other people. I don't dress like other people. I don't talk like other people, right? A whole identity thing. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't give you – first, you have to come to terms with that so that you can master whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, That's so important. It was re- no, that was really cool. It made me think about a lot of people we've worked with in the past. I loved it. After I walked away from Jen, the thing that I was thinking about, I wish I'd asked for this. There's a phrase that has always bothered me when it's said to me as a kid. It was said to me a lot, and and just as a phrase in the world is, you know. Behave yourself. Oh, like right before you hate walk it. into a room, hate your mother it. you and says, now behave yourself. First of all, I hate it. I hate the, the thought that brings me. I feel like you just said something and my head went, I'm seven or I'm eight. Yeah. Behave yourself. And Suzanne. you also just said something to me that makes me go, I'm going to, you know, take a dump on the table or something. <laughs> I, I'm going to. Right. But but the, but the really interesting thing about that phrase is, well, think about it. If you're really telling me to behave myself. Put the emphasis on the second world word. What you really mean is behave myself. And if that's what you mean, that I can do and that I'd be happy to do. And it's basically like, you know, that's the interesting thing. If you really come to terms with who you are, then you really can behave yourself. Right, because in the don't, world. because what you're saying to your kid if you use that phrase, or if when it was said to you, what they're really saying is behave like me, or behave like everybody else, or behave like the status quo, behave yourself. Right. But you're saying something different, which is really cool, which is behave yourself, behave like you. Yes. That's, that's such, well, that you wouldn't say that if your kid was about to take a dump on the table. That's, that's probably... Well, her. so she said, she said that she has stopped putting the emphasis with her kid on weirdness, and but mainly on, you know, she what she's really emphasizing more and more is becoming comfortable with yourself and yeah. who you are and being authentic. And that's the thing. If you notice, you know, people who are jutting out in certain ways and, and insisting on their eccentricity and quirkiness, it's because they're not so comfortable. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If it juts out too far. Right. Yeah. 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 She's really cool. I'm glad that we yeah. got, I'm sure she has to come back when I was in town. So I look forward to, to that because she must have been. I think she's going to be really, really busy. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was a teeny disappointed when she got there. <laughs> um, but I'm psyched that you did this. So as Rachel said, the book is available at Amazon.com. Weird in a world that's not. Misfits, fuck ups and failures. Um, and a we career look- guide for misfits, fuck up and failures. Shit, right? I keep, yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm a fuck up. 
I guess. I guess. But, yeah. All right. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.